0: Good morning everyone. This is Noelle in for Angelo this morning. And um, I know he usually starts out by saying, boy, it was a beautiful week, but my goodness, it was a hot week for all of us and um, not super conducive for being out there too long and planting. But today is a great day to get out and take care of the garden, look at the landscape, add some color, um, whatever you'd like to do, because um, with the overcast and the cooler temperatures and less humidity, it's a fantastic Fantastic time to get out there and plant, and your plants won't be all stressed out after you uh, transplant them, and um, you know flagging because of how hot it's been out there. So um, do enjoy today. It's it's kind of a, a nice relief um, from what we've been experiencing lately. So just a few things to look at um, for the garden in June, and I can't believe it's June already. Um, but we've got um, June is perennial gardening month, so I'm going to talk about a few gorgeous perennials out there, but you've seen um, the iris look gorgeous in the landscape. The peonies look absolutely lovely in the landscape. And both of those plants, um, I can't say enough about them, but You know, they're deer resistant. You've got great pollinator attractants. They're great for cut flower arrangements. Um, They do really, really well for us in the full sun. And um, we've had some um, questions on um, Facebook and so forth where people are asking, oh, can we move them? And those two plants in particular, you do not want to touch at this time of year. Sure, cut the flowering stems back, um, that type of thing. Leave the foliage up. Do keep them fed, so we typically feed them, you know, in the spring with uh, plant tone and iron tone. And then, once again, midsummer, you can use the Osmocote midsummer, like Angelo suggests. You can apply a plant tone, iron tone. Um, you know uh, fertilizer at that time again and then when it's um, basically early fall so we look at uh, late summer early fall to divide and transplant those two usually August and September so when that time rolls around um, Angelo definitely will mention it um, or myself and uh, we'll remind you about those iris and peonies but just enjoy them right now they're such you know two great beautiful plant families a lot of different varieties to choose from Um, fragrances as far as the peonies are concerned there's just uh, some wonderful wonderful variety um, there as well so do look forward to that Um, mums believe it or not I'm already talking about fall mums Um, so if you have mums if you have perennial hibiscus if you have butterfly bush, that you wanna keep more compact, you wanna, you know, you want them to stay nice and tight and branch out for you, but you still want that great, you know, late season blooming go ahead and you can actually cut them back by half right now. So half your growth, let's say your fall mums are up to about six inches or so, you can cut them down to three, and that'll really get them to branch out and be very compact. It's the same thing with butterfly bush. With all this heat and humidity, uh, you know, and rain as well, uh, the butterfly bush have, you know, are always late starters, but they've started to really fill out nicely. So if you want to go ahead and um, cut them back by half, you can do that and keep that plant really nice and compact and still flowering for you it's also a great time to put down your step two product. so scott's step two lawn fertilizer is what we call your weed and feed okay and this is a great time to do it too especially when you have got a good amount of moisture or morning dew on the grass and um, you don't want it to rain for about a day or so okay so that's the only caveat because i think we've got some rain in the forecast for tomorrow Um, but you want to put it down in the morning when the grass is dewy you want it to stick to the lawn and also the whole idea is to have it stick to the broadleaf weeds so you want the dandelions and so forth to be out fully you know grown lots of foliage on them so when you put that step two down it sticks fully to the foliage of the weed especially and that's how it really is able to um, you know damage the weeds and really um, work very very well for you so do look for that Um, if you've already put step two down or you've put another fertilizer down that's fine you don't want to feed you know very quickly afterwards because most of the lawn fertilizers now are you know six to eight weeks of efficacy so they they keep on feeding very for a very long time So you can always spot treat your weeds, okay? And Weed Beater Ultra is a fantastic product from Bonide. It works very well. There's tons of weeds that are listed on that label. Um, So usually it'll take care of just about anything in cool temperatures, also up to warmer temperatures. But I I always suggest spraying those weeds anywhere between like 60, 65 degrees to about 85 degrees. You don't want to be out there spraying if it's warmer than... Than that because plants just kind of shut down and they won't um, take in that um, spray um, if rain is washing out your nutrients around your plants um, evergreen shrubs what have you and you've already fed you might want to do another application of let's say holly tone and iron tone for your evergreen plants and plant tone and iron tone for basically everything else Um, and that's if let's say you fed in March you got out there early you were able to get out there and and do a good feeding Um, and again we've had quite a bit of of rainfall so um, sometimes it's good to give them another application and especially when you're using organic um, fertilizers you never have to worry that you're burning your plants so the holly tones, the plant tones, the tomato tones the garden tones all of those are very Um, safe to use protecting roses so the roses have started to really flush out look gorgeous however um, we do have to be very careful because again in heat and humidity that always brings on um, quite a bit of disease okay and when you're growing the knockout roses or the oh so easy roses or the drift roses those are great you know um Disease resistant plants. So um, they work very, very well in the garden for us. And when we have these types of temperatures and humidity and so forth, um, they don't have too many problems. You rarely, really see an issue. But um, on some of the other roses, you do want to watch out for your black spots, your mildews. Um, Same thing with your lilacs and things. But sorry, um, not to get off the subject, but to protect roses, we um, tend to use uh, drench products. Uh, Bonide rose systemic drench works for a lot of different um, not only disease, but also insect control around the roses and also bio-advanced all-in-one rose protection. And I know Angelo talks about um, that rose protection when he talks about that product. It used to be, it's still a, a bear product, don't get me wrong, but they call it BioAdvance now, and it's all-in-one rose protection. So do look for those. Um, we've seen lots of mites out there. I've seen a lot of thrip out there on the roses as well. So those products will help with, again, insects and um, your disease control. If you want to use something more natural, copper fungicide is available for preventing diseases. So if you start to, or you know that a plant in your garden typically does get some kind of fungal or disease action going on, um, whether it's, you know, um, let's say rust on your hollyhocks, or you do start to see a downy or powdery mildew on your peonies or um, snapdragons or zinnias, All of those plants can be protected, and we always advise using a copper fungicide early as a preventative, so that you don't down the, the road even see the disease problem on the plants. So again, you're you want to apply copper fungicide as a preventative. It does help as a curative too, but you still kind of see the the disease, if you will. So if you can apply it early, um, go ahead. You want to apply it during again dry times, drier times where it can dry on the plant. That'll really help reduce any of those types of problems. So again, when you know we see some diseases on tomatoes and squash, um, lots of different plants in the vegetable garden, um, and again, flowering plants, um, especially lilacs and things too. Um, So get get out there early and spray the copper fungicide to kind of prevent um, those things popping up for you. To prevent blossom end rot, we've had a lot of questions about this because tomatoes are really starting to flower and fill out and do a nice job. But to prevent blossom end rot, um, go ahead and actually apply lime. And Angelo often talks about lightning lime, which is a a great product. Um, It's fast-acting lime, and it really gives you a lot of calcium, potassium, lots of things that the um, tomato can absorb quickly. Um, there's a blossom end rot spray as well um, so that's available out there too just to help beef up those tomatoes so you don't see that and you know what else helps is real even watering um, on the tomatoes so do look out for that. If your macrophylla hydrangeas so your pom-pom blue or pink hydrangeas are not coloring up the way that you want them go ahead and apply for blue go ahead and apply aluminum Sulfate at this time, kind of scrape it or work it in with a cultivating fork, water it in, or let the rain water it in, and you'll start to see that blue color change. Um, If you want it to stay pink, again apply lime so you can put some lightning lime around those hydrangea, and that will help them keep that pink color. Okay, Um, spider mites are active right now. Um, My burning bush looks a little bit stunted, the leaf growth is not full out, and that's a good. indication of spider mites Um, when you see those small very very thin webs that's another indication of spider spider whites spider mites excuse me and um, so do look at your spruce dwarf alberto spruce are really really susceptible to the spider mites as well so you have a couple of options here when you need to treat for mites Um, there is bio-advanced insect disease and mite control or you can use uh, a neem oil spray, and that works very well, too. So a couple options there when you're treating those guys, um, and it'll work out very, very nicely. As I mentioned earlier, June is perennial gardening month, um, so look for some gorgeous color out there. Um, right now, for the sunny spots, one of my favorite plants is Coreopsis Golden Sphere. It is blooming almost in full bloom right now and the rest of the Coriopsis are just kind of like hanging out They're they're you know developing they're starting to throw up some buds um, but golden sphere is already out and blooming and looking gorgeous and it almost looks like those big doubled marigolds but on a very easy to grow perennial plant that's great for pollinators that's deer resistant so do look for that um also veronica veronique dark blue gorgeous, gorgeous upright, what we call a speedwell. So it's these um, blue, dark, dark, navy blue spikes. They're gorgeous. They're easy to grow. They are great perennials. They return very well in the garden. Um, Again, look for Veronica if you really want some dark blues out there. And a good complement with those, um, Caryopteris gold giant. Caryopteris is what we call bloomas spirea. It is um, a late season bloomer, but gold giant has this beautiful beautiful glowing chartreuse foliage on it they're very deer resistant they're very hardy Um, so those work very nicely and those are good pollinator plant as well for the shade check out the ferns lots and lots of different ferns of course the fern family is very deer resistant we've got everything from small compact japanese um, ferns uh, painted ferns excuse me all the way to beautiful autumn fern and um, there's one called brilliance where it's already copper and green tones, and it's really gorgeous out in the garden. So do check those out. And there's one other shade plant that I wanted to mention. It's called Epimedium. Amber Queen common name is called barrenwort and that plant is outstanding especially underneath your shade trees it can take um, dry shade and it's got these beautiful yellow kind of um, cap like flowers are really gorgeous but it's a great plant very easy to grow and really really hardy out there too so look for those uh, perennials out there and we're gonna take a short pause and we'll get right back with your questions
1: The grower sells
2: direct to you with price right every-
3: At Petiti's, we have everything you need to brighten your yard. Right now, save 40% off all of our amazing trees and shrubs, plus our beautiful hanging baskets are buy two, get one free. They're all Petiti grown right here in Northeast Ohio. And with daily deliveries to our stores, you're getting the freshest, highest quality plants at the very best value. Are you looking to update or create the ultimate outdoor entertaining space? Our amazing selection of all-weather patio furniture and dining sets will fit every lifestyle and space, and it's all at 40% off. Plus, get free setup and delivery on all patio purchases. Stop in at Petiti's for these great savings and so much more. Also, Petiti's is partnered with Scott's miracle Grow to collect donations for the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital. Help us create a more comforting care experience for these amazing children and their families.
1: At Petiti's Home and Garden Center.
3: Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti.
0: Good morning, everybody. This is Noel in for Angelo. He is enjoying his um, little granddaughter uh, today. Um, So they're in town and um, celebrating a birthday, I believe, one year uh, birthday. So that's really fun, too. Okay, we're going to start with our phone calls. Good morning. You're on the air.
2: Good morning. Uh, How are you? I'm just fine. Thanks. Good. Um, I've got a few questions here. Um, I've got a... uh, frontage uh only about 15 by 15 we're in clusters and i'm looking for a tree that is not going to you know overtake that uh property get too I, big they, sure. when they yeah when they uh, built the clusters they put huge maples and you know all the roots and stuff oh like boy that. so i'm taking care of that but i need now i want to put something there but um i want to keep it um you know fairly small sure and uh, certainly no more huge roots
0: right right how tall do you think you want your tree to be oh maybe
2: 15
0: okay Um, and what type of Sun are you getting in that area uh, getting um, morning sun. Okay, great. Um, that means that you can plant just about anything, so that's really nice. Um, when you're looking at a 15-footer, um, normally my brain goes right to, like, the Japanese maples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially blood goods are really common, very pretty, um, very good growers. But there are other Japanese maples out there that, um, you know, will fill out, give you, you know, that good. 15 foot, um, still beautiful coloration on the foliage. So definitely look for some other types. Um, Butterfly is jumping in my head right now. It's a um, variegated kind of uh, green, if you will, with a white and pink edge on it. So that's really pretty too. Um, So I would would definitely look at that family as an option. Um, You know, again, they have gotten so much better as far as um, care, hardiness, that type of thing too. So lots of good varieties available out there. The other thing that I'd probably look at um, is more of your um, hydrangea trees or even a lilac tree where you're still getting some height but you're still getting some beautiful flowering too. So if you want it to be a little bit more showy and ornamental flowering wise um, there's lots of options there. Um, so let's say um hydrangea tree there's a limelight tree gorgeous kind of creamy light green or pastel green flowers and you get flowering mid all the way through late season into fall on that plant Um, it's very reliable very hardy um, great cut flower great dried flower so um, any of your panicle hydrangea trees are wonderful they're very drought tolerant Um, you don't have to worry about when you're pruning them they'll bloom really regardless of how you treat them so um, very very reliable plants I know Angelo talks about them a lot and then you've got um, lilac trees available out there too So I I don't know if that's something that interests you at all.
2: Um, I consider it.
0: Okay. Um, So you have things like Miss Kim. Miss Kim uh, lilac tree is basically, um, if you will, um, uh, Miss Kim is a dwarf lilac tree. She's about four by four when she's full grown. And so you pop her on top of a standard uh, trunk, and she makes a beautiful, small, um, just showy tree. Um, so, again, those those are really good options. Um, the only other thing I love to recommend the red buds for smaller areas. However, red bud canopies can get very rounded and very wide. So, you would have to do some pruning. To to kind of keep it a little bit more narrow um, don't get me wrong, they usually don't get fifteen foot wide, but it's a possibility um, so again that that might be an option just depending on how much maintenance you want to do but there there are definitely some smaller and um, of course some weeping varieties, so it depends if you want more upright branching or if you want more of a a weeping cascading habit
2: is uh, <clears throat> what um uh... Um, height do the red buds get
0: red buds um depending on varieties you have anywhere from let's say um 15 foot up to about 20 somewhere around there 20 25 sometimes um but it just kind of depends on the variety that you're looking at
2: okay so okay. just check that out yeah okay um i have a couple more i uh, was at a presentation you're at and uh, you uh, talked highly about um a um uh, hydrangea, uh, let's dance rhythmic blue. Yes. And, the uh, pugster, uh, butterfly bush. Yes. And I've been looking for them, but I can't find them.
0: Okay. So, um, I'll tell you what the, the issue has been with them is, um, they did get some damage over the winter. And so we cut them back and we're waiting for them to flush out. No. So I did see some Pugster come through the stores. Um, actually, I was down at our Canton Jackson store, and um, I saw some of the white come through. Um, so that that one I know has been out in the nursery. I myself have not seen a Let's Dance Rhythmic Blue yet. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just, just be patient with us. I know that they did have some damage on the plants. Um, they were kind of brought out... Um, out uh, if you will, a little bit early, and they got oh. they got a frostbit um so yeah, so we had to do some cutbacks, and so we're getting them ready, but hopefully they'll be out very soon okay okay
2: right. and uh, one last question you, you talked about the iris I've got a couple iris that I have really expanded the area that they're in and and i've tried to <laughs> i've tried to give uh when I divide things try to give things away to neighbors and stuff, but they're they're full up so I, <laughs> I just need to uh I need to to uh, uh, do some you know trimming and pr- um uh, can I can I at least you know cut them back? I mean, take some out at this point rather than wait until the fall. Yes, yeah. so they're just going to get continue to get larger in that specific area, and I I'd like to you know get them. I'd like to trim them back you know, in a sense, you know, maybe half them. Okay, I, I, and I'd love to give the other you know half away, but uh, that's not going to happen. So I probably
0: have to uh, compost or just yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you can give everybody your address and maybe you'll have some people coming by, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So absolutely. You can cut them back anytime. I wouldn't suggest cutting the foliage. Well, okay. So your plants that there, you want to take half that clump out. You can do that anytime if you're, if you're not, you know, dividing and transplanting them into other places and that's fine. No problem whatsoever. If you want to throw them, you know, in some, some pots and, you know, see if the neighbors, you know, are still interested or not you never know um but yeah so that's fine if you're just doing some you know uh, priming of the garden if you will and and you know wanting to get rid of some that that's fine you can do that now okay okay all right thanks very much sure you're welcome thanks for your call today Mm -hmm. take care okay bye-bye well folks um that was great we had three questions right in a row and we're going to take a short pause and we'll be right back
3: Back to gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Patini.
0: Hi everyone. This is Noel in for Angelo this morning, and we're going to get right back to the phone calls. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Noelle. Hi.
1: Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. Um, I have a walnut tree. I, it's either a hickory or a walnut tree in my front yard, and it's dropping leaves. A couple years ago, it had lots of red, or lots of ants on it. Okay. And I had treated it, but I can't remember what I treated it with, but it stopped the dropping of the leaf. Okay.
0: Can you help me with that? Well, I would imagine, again, ants may or may not, um, you know, have to do with it. I would think with leaf drop, normally it, it may be other issues, and you might have disease um and or insect issues, so the thing thing with that is, do you remember if you were putting a drench in the soil yes, uh-huh right, around it
1: concentrate. yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so um normally, what we'd recommend but but just so you know, um, when you use the tree and shrub protection products, so bonide makes this product. Um, BioAdvanced or Bayer makes this product as well. And you would go ahead and um, apply it around the base of the the plant, the tree in this Mm -hmm. case. And then it would absorb that product and protect the tree for a year. However, that only works on insect control. okay? Okay, So let's just assume that you probably had an insect problem. Don't know if it was the ants or not. And then um, the, hopefully that would stop the dropping. If it were a disease issue, and I wouldn't know unless we, you know, we're looking at the leaves and, and the we... The leaves are black and curled. Oh, boy.
1: That, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, this tree is probably, it's got to be at least, um, oh, 50 feet high.
0: Okay. Sure. Yeah. They can get very large. Yeah. Um Black and curled leaves. So to me... It could be either, like I was mentioning before, how mites are a a sucking insect. And what they do is they suck the juice out of the leaves so they can kind of curl. And there's lots of sucking insects out there, like aphids, for example, um, where the, the leaves will kind of be deformed or kind of curl or misshapen. Um, black to me, though, when something turns black like that, that can be a disease issue, okay? Um, something like anthracnose or something along that, that line. Um, so, I, it, you know what, would you be able to bring in a sample to one of our stores? Oh sure. Yeah. If you could um a sample of the leaf? Yeah. Just okay. put it in a okay. little Ziploc baggie and bring it in and just say, okay. you know, I talked to Noel on the radio and she wanted me to bring a sample in so somebody could take a look at it. And okay. um I I'm just not sure. And so when you use the tree and shrub protection product, um yes. they it it does help because it protects that plant from any type of insect damage for a year but Mm -hmm. it's different with disease Um, there there's no disease product out there that'll last for a year Um, Mm -hmm. so you can use different um, like fungicides you know disease controls that that have a good um, let's say month efficacy but um, you know I don't know and and does the does the tree leaf out after it does the drop
1: um, was it leaf out? Oh, well, um, the tree is enormous and it has a very large top. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I might add too that the, um, the branches, small branches, drop from the tree all okay. over the front there. Mm-hmm. Well, but at the top of it's very full.
0: Yeah. Even if it's, um, you know, if it's a hickory, if it's a walnut, and that's the other thing, we'll, we'll identify it for you. Um, but yeah, both of them are kind of, um, if you will, messy trees. So, you know, they, they drop a lot. They do have lots of small weak branches that'll fall off and those types of things too. So that's very common, um, for those families. Um, but yeah, I'd like, I'd just like to see the leaves just so we can kind of Uh ID what you're, what you've got there. I can do that. Okay. Okay, Great. My
1: second question is uh, my, my, uh, evergreen trees on the side of the house. They're looking very sickly. Okay, so what I did is I trimmed them up from the bottom and got rid of all the dead underbrush. Okay, mm-hmm. now I have um, now I have um, trees that are above that trimming that still look very thin, and I want to know what can I use on them? Okay, to make them healthier. I brought in like a topsoil mm-hmm. and I put fresh topsoil
0: down and okay.
1: that around.
0: What would you suggest? Did you feed them at all? I think
1: I did. I think
0: I had some, um, uh, one of the tones. Okay. Um, I can't so okay. the holly tone, the holly tone yes. and the iron tone are going to help you the most. Okay. Okay. Um, and with evergreens, we tend to feed them three times a year. So okay. a spring, summer, and fall feeding. Okay. Okay. Um, I yeah. Again, with all the rain we've had, you might have had some leaching of the fertilizer so that fertilizers kind of run off a little bit, probably run out. So I would totally suggest, you know, feeding again with the heat okay. and humidity and fertilizer, that'll that'll make things green up really fast. Okay. Okay. And as long yeah, as you're getting some new growth. I'm, yeah, so the Holly Tone is your fertilizer.
1: Oh,
0: that is it. Yeah, yeah. So Hollytone, Iron Tone, those two products um, work in conjunction. And again, when heat, humidity, and rain get in the picture, it makes things grow very, very quickly, green up very quickly for you. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely look at that. The only other consideration with the evergreens that I mentioned earlier was the mites. Um, We've seen a huge mite problem. And so what we do is we take a white piece of paper, we stick it real close to the evergreens and we tap on the branches. And if okay. you see salt and pepper like droppings on that white paper, that usually means you have mites there. Okay. Okay. So, okay, um, I can do that. Yeah. So, um, try that too. If you do have mites. Yep. So there is a bio-advanced mite control. Okay. Disease and mite control. And that can work, uh, for that. Or we can use neem oil. But when we spray neem oil on an evergreen, um, we just have to be careful. Like you want to do it on an overcast day. So you don't, so you don't burn the plant.
1: Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Sure. That
0: absolutely. I
1: appreciate
0: it. Oh, the call. absolutely. Please drop no, those okay. samples off and we'll, we'll take a look at okay. them for you. Okay? I will. okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air.
3: Good, good morning. I've got a, a real simple question. Sure. Is there anything that you can use as a spray, uh, uh, you know, in advance before you have a problem with bugs and uh, um, diseases. Is there any kind of a spray that you would advise to, to use kind of uh, as a, a precautionary? Uh,
0: sure. Oh, gosh, yes. Most of your disease controls, so copper fungicides, um, funginil, that's a very popular disease control. Any of those can be sprayed Sooner than later and help prevent, okay? The naturals, so the, the copper fungicide's not going to last as long as the funginil would. Um, there's also a disease control called infuse by bonide that lasts much longer. It's more systemic, if you will. So uh-huh. you could apply that now and have a good systemic control. Um, <laughs> I think that's labeled for about a month or two, okay?
3: But that would be the, the infuse you would say would be the, your preference?
0: It would be. The longest lasting that you could put on prior to your problem, your disease problem happening, and that would probably stay with that plant longer than okay. any of your foliar sprays. Okay.
3: okay. And how about for bugs? Uh, what would you recommend to use? Right. As a- a precautionary thing in advance, and right now we don 't have any issue, but I want to get that's that 's good
0: it, yeah you know. yeah, so um that 's where those systemic drenches, the tree and shrub, shrub products really come in handy is that you can apply them, we really suggest applying them after the plants bloom, okay, and then when you apply them, you drench the root system. They last for a year. So they they protect from insects for an entire year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So talk about, you know, well-advanced planning. That would work out great. And then there are some other um, sprays. Like you've heard of seven and eight those types yes. of sprays those are foliar sprays they usually um, they usually can stay and have a good efficacy as long as it's not raining okay? Okay. okay so they can usually help prevent insect issues for about two to four weeks but again rain when rain comes into that factor um, it can make that product not last as long okay, okay. And
3: so, then now that could be that could be just put into the uh, The spray bottle that I use and then go over the entire plant, right? Correct,
0: correct. Now, when I was mentioning uh, about the mites, that um, bio-advanced mite and disease product, that is also a concentrate. And it's really one of the few that has a, a good control on both uh, labeled insects, and also disease. So that one normally has about a month efficacy on it. So if you wanted to try that and kind of take care of that plant um, for about a month, I believe, is what the label's for um, that you could try as well. So there there are some good products out there that can last a little bit longer and definitely be preventative.
3: Last but not least, and I'll let you go. <laughs> sure. What is the problem that we can solve with these deer? Oh, I mean, I, 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 believe it or not, last night I sprayed a deer, pro- uh, A, de- a deer, uh, I, I can't recall the name of what I used, but okay. it's, it's, it wasn't the, the, the liquid fence, mm-hmm. it was another product, and they ate all the rosebuds, uh, all the blooms that we had in the yard overnight, Ugh. and they came into our courtyard, and they ate the leaves off of all the trees, the trees that we have in here. And it was sprayed last night around eight o'clock.
0: I know. Oh my gosh! I it's hard, especially in spring, when the young come out. And they, they'll just eat anything. They'll just rip through a lot of different things. Um, I hate to tell you, I know roses are just one of those favorite things um, uh-huh. where they'll really come out and take all of the tender buds and the the soft new foliage and those types of things. And I really wish, you know, a breeder would invent a rose that had the thorns on the outside versus, you know, the inside, if you will. Um, I just, I it comes down to, again, you're doing the right thing, you're, you're spraying, you're trying to protect um, but again I think it comes down to plant selection too and, and just the rougher, the thornier the smellier a plant is, the better resistance they have from browsing um, so that that's always just the most helpful thing when it comes down to it so um, I have a lot of deer in my neighborhood, I have um, lavenders and joe pieweed and and, um uh lamb's ear and um iris and peonies because they just they they don't go for them so yeah yeah, no. yeah and grasses too I I love the grasses because you just don't get you just don't get a lot of damage on those plants you might get a nibble here and there but um no. you just don't see that visible damage happening
3: well that was really uh, very very stunning to me this morning my wife's just surprised and I oh. uh, wanna what was she going to tell me? And she says, well, she admitted, she told me, look out in the courtyard. And everything that had a bloom on it is became food overnight, you know.
0: Yeah, and I I hate to say it. It's just barrier, you know, a solid barrier, a fencing, a netting always helps. Again, uh, the sprays usually help, but at the rate at how fast the plants are growing because of the heat and humidity, you know, you go out there and spray and you think you're covered and, and you know, plants are just producing overnight overnight too. So some of that, you know, new foliage, new flowering, new buds, they're they're not protected because they they've just grown, you know, grown really yeah. really quickly. So, yeah, I'm certainly sorry about that.
3: Well, well, I appreciate your your help and uh, I'll try to take your advice on these other chemicals and see what happens. See how it
0: works for you.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very very much for your time.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for calling this morning. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, Good morning. Hi.
1: Is this Noelle? It is. Oh, Noelle, I just have a simple question. I'm at my wit's end. I have two uh, gentlemen cutting my grass. One insists on bagging. Okay. The other says, No, let it go back into the lawn.
0: Okay, so here we go. Um, Angelo talked about this as well, and um, almost, I would say almost every lawn care article for healthy lawns, okay, Mm -hmm. is you leave the clippings on the lawn unless you have a major disease issue. OK, mm-hmm. so you have dollar spot or you have, you know, brown patch or something's going on. That's really the the only time that you are bagging and just okay. throwing that away. OK, um, normally we we want you to put the grass clippings back on the lawn that in the long run feeds your lawn. OK, Yeah. we also want you to cut the lawn high. Okay, so three inches is not unheard of. Three and a half inches is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. And we used to cut lawns way shorter. But um, again, studies have found that your longer lawn is going to help shade out the weeds and just keep that lawn healthier, keep it growing and um, doing real well for you. So, Oh,
1: wonderful. Okay, I, I
0: just have uh, one particular son. He is. On that darn bagging. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of work for for people too, and you really don't you don't need to do that. And 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 again, if it's an excessive amount, let's say the lawn grew really really fast, you didn't get out there and mow, you mm-hmm. know, you've got six inch clippings out there or whatever, th- that might be a little excessive. But if you're doing regular mowing and you're cutting the lawn higher, um, you shouldn't have a problem. You can just leave the clippings right out there.
1: Yeah, and then, the, well, then then you have all them clippings for the, uh, on the tree lawn for the garbage.
0: Yes, correct. Uh, makes yeah. no sense. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, now I'm going to hold my ground. I thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just have them do their research, you know, that they can Google it and they will find, you know, university extensions and, you know, Ohio State will say, leave the clippings on the lawn. Very good. Okay. Thank you so much. You oh, you're well. very welcome. Thanks for I calling. your show, too. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello? Is anyone there? Okay. Let's try another one. Good morning. You're on the air. Hi. Hi there. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, I heard you talking
2: about the peonies, and and I just had a question. That I sure. have a, a bush peony and a tree peonies, and my tree peony only came up with one little tiny bud this year.
0: Oh,
3: I was wondering what might have caused that.
0: Yeah, do you see any? Um, do you see any suckering growth down at the base of the tree peony at all, or is well, it see, a nice trunk? I pruned. That oh, good.
2: Asma told me about doing that, so I wonder if I might have pruned
3: it too soon, but.
0: Oh, no, 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 not necessarily, so sometimes with the tree peony because it is grafted onto a very vigorous um older uh bush peony stock. You know, sometimes you'll start to see it, you know, you'll start to see it creep out. Now, if you removed that suckering growth, that, that bush peony down at the base, it didn't, it didn't affect the tree peony at all. So that was a good thing. You definitely did the right thing there. Um, but your tree peony, and it's so funny, I feel like they have on and off years. So let's say last year, if you had some good blooming, some really nice buds, um, sometimes they take a break and they have you know kind of less blooming and it's so funny because my mother was just saying the other day that um, her one yellow tree peony was looking great this year and had a lot of buds and her purple tree peony did not look very nice it only had maybe one or two and that was the opposite last year so it's kind of funny how they will do that but I think also the longer winter that we had may have affected a little bit too so i don't think anything that you did was wrong you know just make sure that you're feeding it and um hopefully you'll get a good good you know show next year
2: okay and one more question about that I'm
0: pruning that okay Should
2: I prune off all that new growth after this is done blooming
0: so with, shape, to maintain
2: the shape of a tree
0: yeah so with any peony What you want to do is you want to leave that foliage on and keep it healthy and looking gorgeous as long as you possibly can. Okay, now the side shoots of the tree. So if you're if you're shaping it and you want to, like you said, maintain the integrity of the tree, you would do that immediately after it blooms okay okay so take out those smaller branches or what have you try to get the shape that you want but do that right after it's done blooming okay
2: okay yeah one more question sure what's the uh the biggest bluest pasta you would recommend
0: ah biggest bluest let's think about this um I was gonna say I I uh and you're talking flower wise
2: well, right, not necessarily,
0: just big and blue. Okay. Um, I was going to say, Rhythmic Blue, once we get them available in the store, they are fantastic blue hostas. But Angelo and I were just looking at the um, L.A. Dreaming Hydrangea, and it is, it is gorgeous. its It's got huge blooms. It's a, a beautiful plant. The thing with LA Dreaming is it's all the colors on one plant. <laughs> so it's purple, pink, and blue um, on one plant. I will have to say if you do treat it with aluminum sulfate, you'll get bluer uh, flowers on it. Um, but yeah, they're, both of those are very, very good hydrangeas, really nice, big no, and blue. No, I, said, I said hosta. Oh, hosta. I'm so sorry. I was thinking <laughs> right. hydrangea, obviously. That's terrible. Um, okay. Hosta, big blue. I'd probably go with Empress Wu. Okay. Okay. Empress Wu Thank is you. really, really large and really, really blue as well. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm so sorry. I I blanked on that. Okay. <laughs> Have a good day now. You too. Thanks so much. Good morning. You're on the air. How you doing today? Great.
1: I have a uh, hydrangea and it's blue and I think it's the double uh, starglit gazer. Okay. I I cannot get that to bloom. It bloomed the first year I had it. This is like the third year.
0: Okay. No blooms.
1: I did nothing to it. I didn't cut it. I didn't nothing. What's mm. the matter?
0: Did you feed it? Yes. Okay, so um, here's the thing. So normally when hydrangeas are not blooming, okay, it's either not enough sunlight, mm. pruned at the wrong time, which you didn't do, you didn't touch it, and then mm. lack of fertilizer or nutrients in the soil. So you, we, we I'm really thinking possibly that you might not have enough light penetration in that area if it's too shady and we we want hydrangeas to grow in about four to six hours of direct sunlight okay? okay but we plant hydrangeas in partial shade so sometimes we plant them under trees or you know the house or something is is you know causing shade and if we plant them under trees those trees grow and cast more and more and more shade as, you know, in that three-year time span. So sometimes we think, oh, my gosh, you know, why is this thing not blooming? And Mm -hmm. sometimes it has to do with just the shade factor out there, okay?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm going to
0: have to move them. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Uh, it's
1: funny, you were talking about the redbud tree. We have a redbud right there,
0: and it's, well, we got it,
1: I think, 13 years ago, and
0: it's really shading now.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That's probably what it
0: is. It does. It just that it happens. And it happens in a flash. You know, you think, my gosh, I just planted that thing. But yeah. three years of growth can make a, a huge difference sometimes. And, um, yeah, what a sunny area that used to be, you know, full day of sun is now, you know, maybe half or even less. So it does happen. But that's what I I, I think. Usually if you've done everything else right and you haven't pruned and you're fertilizing well, um, it's usually the, the sun or the shade factor there.
1: Well, when can I move that now? Should I wait till the fall? Can I do it now?
0: Yeah, I see, I would wait until the fall. So you can yeah. normally move them spring or fall, mm-hmm. but um, we've had such heat, at, you know, we've, and a lot of the buds are starting to develop and, and things mm-hmm. have just leafed out and grown so quickly that I, I wouldn't move it until the fall. Okay. All right. That's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling this morning. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Noelle. Hi. I was wondering if you could give
1: me some help with my fig plant. Fig? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Brown turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's okay. It made it through the winter. Yay. Uh, it's got some leaves, but what can I do to get some fruit on there?
0: Okay, do you have it planted in the pot or in the ground? In a pot. Okay, and um, have you fertilized? Yes. Okay. So, what did you use?
1: Um, I'm I'm using. Um, oh Lord, what is the? Um,
0: Osmocode or Miracle okay. Grow or?
1: Oh, hold on! I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: It's the the seven drop one. Oh, um, I know. Ever thrive or Schultz? Oh, Schultz. Okay, okay. Yes, Schultz. And you use seven drops in a gallon of water. Right. Okay. Yes. Every day. Oh. Said is okay.
1: that too much or probably <laughs> okay but it it was almost dead you know gotcha. winter. it was just off i thought it was dead but. okay
0: well the schultz product schultz products are fine but with any liquid fertilizer if you're following the directions and it says use 7 drops in a gallon of water okay right. yeah. then that's usually once every 1 to 2 weeks okay Okay. So just be careful because um and I know Angelo talked about this maybe last week or the week before. When you over fertilize, sometimes you're creating um, you know, more of a, a problem than not. And sometimes it'll make that plant push out leaves, but it yes. won't give it the ability to actually fruit for you. Okay. Um all right so that might be you know an issue here so just kind of cut back the fertilizer you know check the product label again just to make sure but I think it will probably say use it about once every seven to fourteen days okay Okay. with your watering and then just keep that soil evenly moist figs can take it a little bit drier okay Okay. and um, go from there and I, I think you'll be fine
1: Okay. If I get any, I'll share them with you.
0: Oh, that'd be so nice. I love figs. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for all your help. You're very welcome. Have a great day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, thanks everybody for all the phone calls and everything. Um, I hope you learned a lot and again, get out there and plant today. It, It looks dark and cloudy, but it's a good day to get out there and grow. Okay. Take care.